This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and I have my good friend Ben Connolly joining me again. Ben is a, a regular author for the Saturate World. He wrote the uh, Saturate Field Guide and the Gospel Fluency Handbook that's getting used a bunch in churches all over the world, which is super exciting. And we are in the middle of a series, Ben, on what's essential for a missional community. And since you've written all those books, you're certainly qualified. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, one of the, the big piece about this series is we're trying to uh, focus on sort of building a, an awareness within churches and within disciples on what's actually crucial and matters to building a missional community. And so, yeah, kind of hope to see people even come to greater uh, areas of creativity and confidence as well, of knowing that it's not just these um, structures and models, but there's there's a few key components that, that go into uh, seeing a missional community thrive. And so we can kind of point people towards that in a really positive way. So thanks for joining us today, Ben, and uh, excited about this this topic in, our, in the second part. Uh, today's topic is about essential piece in every missional community is that the disciples are rooted in their identity in Christ. And so, uh, Ben, just if you could sort of kick us off into talking about that is why would that be important? Like, why is it important to root people in their identity in Christ? Uh, can't you be a missional community without doing that? Uh, I'm sure, yes, because there are missional communities that don't do that, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure there have been times when I've led my missional community poorly in that. Um, so, if we want to get into shoulds, though, uh, yeah, I think that the the reality of starting with identity is is just a game changer. Mm-hmm. There's you know, call it purposes or goals or values or whatever else, and you know, whether it's a, a family that has household goals or values or a church that has purposes or a specific mission or that kind of stuff. Those are all good, but those are things that we pursue. They're things that we hope for. They're things that we want to see happen. And so a lot of times what we try to do is, is do anything we can, which is to say, do things in our power to achieve those goals or to enact that mission or to, to not let someone down who created it or that kind of stuff. I have a friend who talks a lot about how Western culture, and I know a lot of your listeners, a lot of the listeners are in in, in paid ministry, so this is especially true of, of ministers, as my friend talks about it. Uh, we live in a world of think and do, which is mm-hmm. figure it out and get it done, figure it out and get it done. Mm-hmm. And so we can neglect the matters of, of the heart and soul, and identity asks us to, to go into those things, the matters of the heart, the matters of the soul. Mm-hmm. Because if we start in identity, then what we're saying is, this is who I am. And out of that kind of naturally flows the actions. Um, Out of that naturally flows the desires, the goals, the priorities, if I can say that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a long, long time ago in in episode one, (laughs) we we (laughs) talked about how how, how Paul spends, you know, a a lot of each one of his letters just explaining expounding on the richness of of what god has done in the gospel and even more Mm -hmm. so who god is and only then does he say therefore 
this is who right. you are, what you do. And therefore, right. this is what discipleship looks like. Therefore, here's how to address this situation, that kind of stuff. Right. It's throughout the New Testament. And, and I think if, if, if we look at discipleship throughout history, we see a lot of the healthiest discipleship starting with these two pieces. Here's the mm-hmm. gospel. Here's who you are. So mm-hmm. gospel and identity. And then we just start to see a much more natural overflow into the life that is uh, becoming more like Christ as the Spirit leads us. Right. It's so important in discipleship because we are, or within a missional community, when we're trying to reshape, like we talked about last episode, uh, creating a gospel-fluent and a gospel-centered culture uh, within a community of disciples, the culture that we live in uh, 24 seven is actually, as you said, it's a thinking and a doing culture mm-hmm. and our identity works that way. You know, the first question you ask people is what are, what do you do? Okay. That tells me who you are. Yeah, uh, you're right. a lawyer, you're an accountant, you know, here in LA, it's like, well, I'm going to producer or people here tell you what they aspire to be, which tells mm-hmm. you, you know, <laughs> you know, I want to be doing this kind of work in the future. And then that's normally how we build it back or maybe too with our identity, uh, we might build it back from, you know, well, I grew up in this place. So that's kind of who I am. You know, mm-hmm. I'm someone who grew up in a, in a, in a small town that tells you what I am and that, that, that tells you what I'm all about. And, or, you know, I have this amount of money or this amount of education, you know, that, that, that gives us our identity uh, especially, yeah, anytime you see college sports, uh, it's like, wow, there's a whole bunch of people living out an identity that's like, they're so passionate about that because it's tied to who they are, right? Um, and the gospel, I feel like, flips that in some really remarkable ways. I think you even see that, especially in the book of Galatians, uh, when Paul talks about how we're all believers, regardless of our gender or ethnicity, like we've been given this incredible, rich, uh, gift. Um, and I think that's, yeah, throughout the New Testament, it's one of the most radical pieces of it is that we're not defined by what we do or where we've come from or how educated we are or what religious practices we've done, but we're purely defined by God's love displayed in the actions of Jesus. Um, that's what like makes us who we are, uh, which is so, at least to me, it's just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always kind of imagine those random scenes uh, of those old movies about the Knights of the Round Table where the king turns to this person that probably doesn't deserve it and then makes them a knight. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's pretty amazing. Or, or you know, the, the most gospel version of that is probably we've been messing it up the whole time, but mm. there's been this one knight that rescued everything. And he comes to the king, and the king gives us all of the the great work that this other guy has done, and he makes us nobility. And that, to me, there's just so much freedom there. And then there's a lot of health, too, I think, in community. Because if everyone belongs because of what they do, then you have to make a lot of rules and a lot yeah. of practices. But yeah. if everyone belongs because of who God is, then... There's, there's an obedience that's from joy, um, and there's also creativity that's from joy. But we're not walking around all the time saying, hey, well, you didn't show up at 5 a.m. You showed up or you know, to, to meet with me. Therefore, you don't belong anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
instead, what we do is we, you know, we go to people and we treat them like they belong, like they are brothers and sisters, um, like we are uh, all heirs of this incredible kingdom uh, and this really wonderful father. Um, and I, yeah, and I just think that, that that changes the operations of a missional community pretty substantially. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm probably going to regret this at some point, but, uh, as you were talking, Brad, <laughs> all the characters from the wizard of Oz came to mind, nice. uh, which has never once happened in my life before. <laughs> and just the, the <laughs> this, this is going to break down at some point, but, but like the reality of what you're talking about is, is, is displayed in each character in, in that mm-hmm. old movie. And yeah, you know, the scarecrow who's trying so hard to, to, come up with something and then a situation yeah. reveals like oh you, you've actually had a brain the whole time and when you weren't right. thinking about it or striving for it mm-hmm. it just came out of you and the the, the lion who just wants courage and somehow right. heart was related to courage i'm not exactly how sure how but <laughs> whatever it is you know what i mean like like the characters I, not the specifics came to mind so right so we'll, right we'll let that go but but the reality of just striving and, and, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Galatians, like working at working for something out of the flesh, working for this goal or trying to be this or do that or that kind of stuff versus realizing, Oh no, this is, this is actually a, a, an inward truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and in a situation it just flowed out of them. So right. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but I think the wizard of Oz might be a picture of the identities. I, um, I agree. That's a really good point. I've uh, except for the man behind the curtain who was living a false identity. So right, he's we'll living the yeah, totally. <laughs> you gotta. That's when it falls apart. But before that, it's a really wonderful <laughs> missional community. It's a perfect missional yeah. community. They, yeah, they have a mission. <laughs> they, have, they have this purpose that exists. They're all flawed. There's kind of a leader. There's an enemy working against them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> flying it's monkeys. Flying monkeys. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) but that is uh, oh man it's so powerful uh i've even thought a lot about yeah just how at least for me i've tried to make this intentional point in the way that we've raised our kids especially with like behavior and i'm like so far from really good dad but one of the things that we've just tried to focus on is like saying things like well we're part of this family Mm -hmm. and so what kind of family are we that's why we're not going to hit that kid over there because we're part of this family. <laughs> Instead of just saying, Hey, don't do that. Or that's not cool. Or that's not nice. Uh, we're trying to like root people or our own children mm-hmm. into like, Hey, like this is, this is who we like get to be. Yeah. I think anytime we're able to point people to a given identity mm-hmm. versus an earned identity, uh, we're we're able to root them in the gospel, but also motivate people to something so much more beautiful than yeah. hey, keep sticking in a line, keep sticking in a line. Which I, yeah, I was yeah. often even related to mission as I grew up as a super missionary family, like grandparents, missionaries, all of that. And I think that what motivated things at different times in the the missionary culture that I saw was we've got to do this big thing for God. We got to do this mm. big thing for God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thankfully that wasn't driving force in my own family, but I saw that around us. And I think if we want to lead missional communities that way, we're going to lead them for a really short amount of time because mm. nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to keep coming around a group of people. That's just like, 
yeah, we have to do this thing. Like we have to accomplish this thing for God as if God is so small, he cannot reach our cities. Yeah. He needs us. And, and when we do that, we're just, we become so weary and tired because we can't, we, we don't have the ability to do the work of God. Yeah. And, and, and even that is a, is an identity statement. Like who, who am I? I'm, I'm unable. And, right. and, uh, that helps me remember that I need someone who is able to do what only he promises that only he can do. Right. Um, we, I, we love, I love first Peter. Um, if I'm allowed to have a favorite new Testament book, it'd be, it'd be first Peter. Um, uh, but it's all, it's all good for, you know, teaching and exhortation. <laughs> but, but, but it's part of this, like first Peter just brings me back to, to my identity. And so as, as we talk about, you know, what's it look like to, to, instill this idea in a community mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe it's doing something like going to a book like first peter or, or looking through you know one of paul's epistles or that kind of stuff and going who, who does god tell you that you are because mm-hmm. of, of who god is and what god's done and so you know peter we're, we're sojourners we're exiles we're those who you know haven't we're those who once at, at, at had not received mercy but now we have received mercy and once we were not god's children and now we're god's children and just just thing after thing after a thing, statement after statement after statement, identity after identity after identity. Right. And then for the rest of the book, it kind of goes, if that's true, mm-hmm. then your view of authority, your view of human authority can look different. And you're freed from putting too much stock in, in whatever human authority is over you, whether it's, you know, a, a, a boss or a president or, or anything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman governor is what he's talking about, the emperor. Uh but, but you're freed from from putting f- finding too much hope in the decisions that they make because right. who are you? You're you're a citizen of a greater king, um, and so that changes our view of human authority. Um, mm-hmm. Our view of marriage changes. First Peter three that for the rest of our culture, marriage is about making me happy, mm-hmm. and if you don't make me happy, then I'll find someone who does. And but if we believe that that marriage represents something far greater. Um, then all of a sudden we're freed from such a low view of marriage and instead can, can see marriage as something that is, is a worshipful relationship that exists to make me more like Jesus and, and on and on and on first Peter goes, but it all starts with that. This is who you are. Therefore, this is what outflows from you. If you let the spirit remind you of who you are. Right. Man, what a gift, you know, <laughs> I always yeah. think about like, man, this religion Religion could have been about anything, you know, like God could have, Mm -hmm. God could have done this anyway, you know, like it really could have been that God looks at what happens in the garden and says, well, work harder. And if you work hard enough, then I'll say, hey, you're my kids. But he like, Mm -hmm. he just doesn't. And And he never did. Like even in the Exodus, there's these people in slavery without a country, without a culture, just a culture of bondage. He, mm-hmm. he hears their cries, he comes, he delivers them. And then he says, hey, you're my kingdom of priests. You're my people that I rescued like an eagle. Yeah. And then, the, then he goes into the like, this is how you live because you yeah, are my exactly. people and I've made yeah. you this way. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. just over and over. Like even with David, he's like, you're my anointed. You have nothing. You're a little scrawny kid. You're like, <laughs> there's nothing about you that says you should be king. Uh, but I'm telling you, you have royalty because i've done yeah. it for you yeah man like what a what a good way for this to work <laughs> yeah. out yeah. And, it, and it just changes everything because again uh, if a goal or a purpose is mission great i'm going to do everything i can mm-hmm. by my power to carry out mission but 
but if who I am is a redeemed minister of reconciliation, mm-hmm. then what that says is like, as I understand more what that means, like reconciliation just flows out of me. Right. Um, or the desire for reconciliation flows out of me. Right. Um, if, you know, if, if I'm called to, to be in community with someone who may not be like me, for example, mm-hmm. you know, I can do everything in my power to like, try to find some like point of connection and, and right. make conversation and they can think I'm awkward or I can think they're weird or whatever else. But, but if we realize that, that both of us are, you know, blood brothers or blood brothers and sisters, if I can say it like that, that there is something that goes deeper than mm-hmm. how much, how, how like me or unlike me you are. Then, then there's an automatic starting point for a relationship, and and even if you are super different than me, there's there's things that we share that go far deeper than personality or whatever else. Yeah, and, and there's just so many of those those things that we have in our yeah. world that are metaphors, but in Christ mm-hmm. they're just real. You know, like yeah, we know what it looks like to see people in bondage and slavery, but mm-hmm. what's real is that we've been liberated. Uh, by by Christ's redemption, and we're brought out of that bondage, and we're now free citizens of the kingdom of God. And it's like, how? Did it, and then, as a free citizen, like, what does it look like to participate in that kingdom where we just randomly got plucked out? You know. Um, yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's that's why it's so. I think to to remind people who they are, and even for that mm-hmm. to be the starting point, is so huge. And and just like one tiny warning on that is I've seen often people say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to root people in their identity. Hey, we're all missionaries. Everybody's a missionary. So that means what you need to do is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not rooting people in their identity as a sent one by God. That's saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like you're a Watson, so you got to make your bed. It's like, okay, that's, that's, that's lovely. <laughs> which, which. We all do as parents. Exactly. Occasionally. Yeah. yeah right. Or yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I think that, yeah, if, if there's any encouragement that I could give as we talk about what it means to root people in their identity, it would be that, that we, we let it sit like, hey, God is a good father and you're an adopted son. And mm-hmm. he has put his cloak around you. He's put his ring on his finger. He's welcomed you into a really massive feast. And he's welcomed me into. Let's sit at that dinner table for a while, and then we then we can ask and we can allow that to like transform our hearts and say, "Man, if this is really true, then I then I should probably love you differently because my father loves you differently." Yeah, and, and I love what you said, Brad, about like there there's metaphors all around us that that aren't metaphors in Christ. They're they are real mm-hmm. real things in Christ, and. You know, I think I mentioned a minute ago, like going and finding some of those some of those uh, images that the scriptures give us of who we are, and and to to just build on what you just said, like what would it look like to take to take a, a, a several minutes in one of our community meetings and just go, okay, what does it mean? What does it mean that we're priests, mm-hmm. or what, what does it mean that we're co heirs with Christ? What does it mean that we're sons and daughters? And just like thinking through that metaphor mm-hmm. in a in like other other uses in in society, what does it mean that we're adopted? Yeah. What does it mean that we're reconciled? What does it mean that we're forgiven? You know, just all of these, mm-hmm. there's, there's so many of them. And, <laughs> yeah. and just pl- like taking some time to play out each one in a little bit of a more common uh, version of the image. Yeah. And, and I think that would just expand on the the richness because we go, okay, if all this is true, 
in human relationships and frankly, even in, in non-reconciled, non-redeemed human relationships, how much more is this true of us who, who are called sons, who are called adopted, who are called daughters, who are called whatever else? And then how much more is that true of, of our relationship with God as well? And I think it can be a really worshipful thing just by taking some time to reflect on it mm-hmm. and then going, so what should flow out of us? Right. If that's true. Yeah. Even just reframing that. And, and to be fair, that could be a super manipulative way of asking the same question <laughs> of what do I have to go do now? Right. But, but, but so much of it is about like, where, where's our own heart in mm-hmm. this and where's our own uh, mind as we lead. And, and if we really are taking this, in the spirit that, that you and I are talking about it today, then, then then there is something that naturally flows out of us if we're a minister of reconciliation or for a priest or for a son or for a daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's reframed a little bit of this from like a, I have to, mm-hmm. to an, and I get to, right. Or a, a goal or a purpose to this is, this is just who I am. And so it's more natural for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and there can be just so much more confidence in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure and and peace and and i think that that is even to just keep coming back to that if you're already leading a community that's been going on for a while just to spend like put it on the calendar like oh yeah this is going to be like an identity night like we're just going to get together and just like talk about who we are in christ and just sort of yeah marvel at that you know as as the first church in acts 2 does they just like have this sense of awe like man that's right me too wow, like, mm. I, like, I'm in on this. Like, this is how God yeah. chose to do it. That's, man, what a thing. <laughs> I yeah. know that sounds cheesy, yeah. but it's just, yeah, I think that, yeah, we sh- we can sit and just be in awe of that as, as we are the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and a real example of that, we had someone who, who really struggled? They weren't they weren't in my community and in, in our church, but in another community, who really struggled uh, on the times that the community would just get together and just like play games and and mm-hmm. laugh together and have have a good meal and and just like that was kind of the content of their occasional meetings. Yeah. Um, other times we do other things, but um, but he finally sat down with the leader and, and kind of go uh, ask ask some questions, express some concerns, and the leader just kind of goes, "Look, like." What, what does your family do when you get together on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, what does your family do, you know, when you're, when someone has a birthday, that kind of stuff and, and kind of going in the same way as we do with our nuclear extended family. Like there's times when it's good just for a family to come together and celebrate. Mm-hmm. And if that's all we did, then, you know, there's plenty of other identities and, <laughs> right. and things that, that are true of God and us that we'd be neglecting. Right. In the same way as if, if every meal was a Thanksgiving feast and we'd all, die at age you know <laughs> 21 right but occasionally it's a really good thing just to come together and and be family and family yeah. loves each other and family enjoys spending time in each other's presence and and frankly even those kind of relationships that are built allow for some flex conversation and allow us to get to know each other better yeah. and here's all the other things that it opens doors to you know, once we do know each other better, if, if someone's, you know, car breaks down or has a medical need, well, if I've taken time to get to know you better as family, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to treat you even more as family in other ways too. Right. Yeah. And so just, just that one example of, of different aspects of the family of God, like we've gotten to see that mm-hmm. actually play out and, 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 and it just all of a sudden clicked for, for this guy, the guy who was struggling with it. Mm. And he had just never made the connection between the activity that was happening right. and, and the and the identity behind it. I love that. I think that's so good, even just for 
for takeaways for our listeners, there's, you know, like as a leader, you know, cultivate that by having times where you just kind of sit in your identity and talk about it, but also as a good way to root your community in the identity is to actually give your community space to do the implications of that identity, to be a family, to do familial things, to do, you know, servant kind of things, to be agents of reconciliation, like whatever it is to actually give people space to, to, to do those identities, I think is huge. Yeah. That's great. Ben. To, to do those identities. <laughs> that wasn't great. Yeah. See, I'm really good at writing sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to live out those identities, maybe that's what it is to, to see those identities <laughs> expressed. <laughs> this is why you're one of my best friends, Ben, is, uh, you don't take me, you don't take me seriously, like at all. No, but, but here's, like, if, if I can, if I can seriousize this for a minute, like that's like, that's the culture we're in. It, it's right. so even, even in, in you, your, your, your Freudians, like, right. uh, like it, it is, we're so wired to do. Totally. Um, we're so wired to see these pl- played out. And to your question earlier, like, what do you ask someone? What's your name? What do you do? And yeah, and so even that, like, we, we have to we have to remind ourselves of this all the time. As as my family, our elder team, right. and my wife, uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I feel like I let someone down. Well, let's let's talk about our identity. Right. I feel like I didn't accomplish this as much as my both hurried and perfectionistic bent wanted to be. Well, let's talk about your identity. I want, let's do our identities. Well, let's talk about our identities. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And it's something we're always stumbling towards is this, this reality of, yeah, we don't do family. We are family. And mm-hmm. it does require just a constant looking at like, well, who does God say that I am? Yeah. Apart from like, who does God tell me or what does God tell me to do? And that definitely matters. And we'll talk about that in a few episodes but um and we've talked about that a lot on this podcast what are what does it mean for us to to do the work of being a disciple and there's there's that's definitely part of it you know yeah there is action again the the last half of each of paul's letters there's there there is something that naturally flows right. out of us yeah uh, and the the last half of the the great commission is you know action yeah that we would teach yeah. people to obey the commands and so there are commands that yeah. were were to live out but what That's makes right. the gospel so radical is that doesn't have to do with our status, yeah. Eyes, which is just beautiful, good news. Yeah, yeah. These these first two episodes are just are just asking the why question, mm-hmm. the why behind the how, the why behind the what mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and and that why is just absolutely vital. Yeah, you might even say it's essential for a missional <laughs> community. That is the perfect wrap up. Yep, yep. This is concluding our episode because we have talked about what is essential uh, to being a missional community and yeah thank you everyone for listening as always send us feedback uh, give us questions you can rate the podcast online which helps people find us Uh, and yeah we really enjoy you joining us today and we'll be connecting again soon today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.